Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Amen. Can I just tell you guys, <clears throat> before I start, you guys are an amazing, amazing family. Turn to somebody right in Tim and say, we family, we family, we family, we family. Listen, there is no other family on the planet that I would rather be a part of than this family right here. You know what makes a great family? <laughs> the fact that we're all different. That's what makes a great family. We all come from different walks of life, we lo- and we love and accept each other just the way we are. It's a beautiful picture of what the church is supposed to look like. Diversity. Huh? And we've discovered that inside of our diversity... Inside of our diversity is hidden our strength. Because a lot of people, a lot of churches, when, when, when there's diversity going on, and I'm not talking about the pigment of your skin. Come on. I'm talking about your opinion. Amen. Diversity. I'm talking about the way you always saw it done. Diversity. The fact that we can all be in here together and, and, we're, and we're created differently, that, that's, that's a sign that God exists, that we can, we can coexist together in spite of our differences. That's God. I'll give you an example, and then I'm going to move into the word. This actually has something to do with the message, so, so don't feel like I'm fixing to chase a rabbit down an endless hole. But the fact that we can put Buckeyes, Gators, Seminoles, and even some Georgia Bulldog fans in the house and nobody gets hurt, that's amazing. If I didn't call your team, I am apologize. <laughs> Where's all the Gators at? Where's the, let me hear you. Where's the Gators? Ah, da-dum. I can't do that stuff, man. Dad would come back and be like, boy, what is your problem? (laughs) He's already, dad's already having a hard time because Joshua's at the University of Florida. I mean, he's a Buckeye. That's questionable because he wears a gator shirt every once in a while. Any Seminoles in the house? Let me see you. Where y'all at? Hey, 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 what'd I say? What'd I say? Diversity, we find our strength in our differences. <laughs> Come on, somebody. We repent. <laughs> Any Georgia Bulldog fans in the house? <laughs> Sick them. Anybody, anybody else? Is that enough? Don't want to... Oh, three's a crowd. But you got, y'all got Buckeyes. Y'all, y'all know y'all's pastors are a little nuts, right? Okay, okay. See... As soon as I said the name of your football team, something happened. And I'm going to give you my first point to the entire message, and I haven't even given you the title yet. Are you ready? Your first point? Because something happened. When, something happened. Because when when, when, some of y'all were like, okay, he's coming in. We're just going to settle down for the next 25, 30 minutes, and he's going to give us a word. It's going to feel good. We're going to go home and eat roast or whatever. No, 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 no. You guys just gave me my first illustration. Because there was a sense of joy and excitement that entered the room. First point is this. There is connection. There is a connection between praise and worship and joy. Somebody say, what does praise and worship have to do with the gators? Everything. Because what you just did was you gave praise. Somebody say, well, I thought worship was a song selection. Mm -mm. Worship is a lifestyle. So today I'm excited about, that's really why I'm crunk. I'm excited because I actually, I'm, 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 I'm going to be sharing uh, for the next two weeks um, something that's very dear to my heart and it's worship. 
Because I believe that as a pastor, my role is not just to, to, to preach to you or preach at you, but I have a responsibility to help train you and educate you to what the Bible says about worship. And so that's where we're going to go today. That's where we're going to go. So the title of the message is simply this, Worship 101, What's the Big Deal? What's the Big Deal? Even when I told in the room, I, I'm sure there was at least one that was like, uh, it's not really what I showed up to hear today. No, but you showed up because that's what God wanted you to hear today. So let's go to the book of Psalms, chapter 34. Verse 3, this is in the ESV, and it says this, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name. Everybody say his name. Let us exalt his name together. Now, it does not say watch the worship team as they magnify the Lord and just stand and watch them exalt his name. <laughs> let, me, let me just go ahead and give you a disclaimer. This message isn't to make anyone feel uncomfortable. This message isn't to talk about another denomination or another church. This message is for us to look at the biblical definition of what we are commanded. Everybody say that word. What we are commanded in Scripture to do. My responsibility is to equip you. It's probably just a little chilly in here, guys. I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it and I'm seeing it. If we can just adjust that a little bit. My responsibility is to equip you with tools for you to be successful in life. Amen? And, and, and we're going to talk about, where, where's the one? Worship is a weapon. I love that. I love that banner. We're going to move those over to the new, our, new, our new home. Worship is a weapon. Next week, we're going to talk about the weapon that you have in your arsenal. The weapon that you have. But today, we gotta, we got we to we get back to the basics. Worship 101. What's the big deal? No, so it said, let us, let us. Everybody say us. Let us exalt his name together. Listen, there's something dynamic that happens when we begin to worship God together as one body and one voice. Let me explain it this way. Many of you woke up today and it was Sunday morning, yes? You woke up today and you knew that it was Sunday and you knew this was the day that you're going to round up all your crew and you're going to come on to church. And, but then all of a sudden, while you're shaving and doing all the stuff that we do to, to beautify ourselves, you were inundated with all of these thoughts of all of the horrible things that happened to you this week. Anybody in this room? Who am I talking to? Like all of the bad things, things that didn't go your way, the, the people that talked about you, the people that don't understand, all, all, any, anything. Your dog ate your homework. Your dog ate your keys. Anybody ever use that one for, that's why I'm not coming to work because my dog ate my keys? I'm going I'm, I'm to walk away from that because I, I was going to go somewhere. I'm not going there. <laughs> but it's true. And so, the, so you have all these thoughts and reasons why you shouldn't come to church, but you came anyway. Come on. But, but let's, let's back it up. And so, and so then, so then you, 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 maybe you had a, an edgy conversation with your spouse, you know, that kind of picked up or carried over from last night. Anybody? Anybody? Nobody wants to admit it? Okay, that's okay. And we have those sometimes, don't we? Edgy conversations. I learned a long time ago, whenever there's strife, we just, we, we come together, we get on our knees, we pray, and when we get up, we do what she wants to do. See, I've told that joke before, so nobody, nobody really likes it. But anyway... So, so maybe that was you. Maybe you got into an edgy conversation. Or maybe one of your, your you know, teenagers that, you know, you know, they know everything, right? Teenagers know everything. Maybe they pressed on you and they took that, Daddy, I'm just joking, a little too far. And it got into the disrespectful realm. You ever, you ever been there? But then you came to church anyway. 
And you're sitting here and you're coming in here and all you're thinking about is all the stuff that went wrong, who did your wrong song, and your, the edgy conversation and your disrespectful kids. And you're sitting here going, I don't want to worship. Lift my hands. I'm not lifting my hands. Listen, w- 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 let me explain. What you did is you came into the house of God with an attitude. 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 And, and, and we see it. We see that. We know. I'm... Listen, if we doing that, what's God doing? I hope you come to the altar. I mean, no, no, no. God drew you here in spite of the week you had. God drew you here in spite of the people that are talking about you. God drew you here in spite of, of, of your spouse, even though you were probably the one that was wrong. And your kids are only a reflection of you. Hot news flash. That's why they get under our skin. But Ansley's more like her mama than her daddy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She, and she's perfect. She's perfect. She's a common, perfect blend of both of us. Well, y'all just see me digging, digging out of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Valentine's Day. I'll make it up. Promise. Listen, when the word says magnify the Lord with me, it doesn't mean we're going to, when it says magnify the Lord, it does not mean that we're going to make God bigger. You can't make God bigger. It's impossible. God's big. He's as big as he's going to be. I say this all the time. He could be playing peekaboo in the most furthest. Look, you, God is, he, God's big. He's a big God. But when it says magnify, what's happening is we're, that you and I are bringing into focus a correct view of who God really is. We're magnifying, because all, all we did when, when having all those voices, this person said this and this person, you're magnifying. The enemy is helping you magnify how your week went. And you come in here, it's time for us to magnify the Lord together and exalt him and lift him up. Why are we talking about this? Because I'm telling you, you're going to be set free. When you get, understand what, we're, well, number one, we're commanded to do it. When we get a hold of this, it is life-changing well, that's just you, brother, because you're the pastor. You're supposed to be that way. That's why we pay you so you can sing and make us feel good. No, 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 no. My role is to, is, to, is to lead you to the throne room, step out of the way, and let the one who can manage and help you manage your life and help you put it all back together, let him have his way, not mine, not my way, not my way. Come on, somebody say, your will be done. Your will be done. Listen, when we begin to worship and magnify God, joy hits the room. That's why when we began to magnify and praise the gators, that's what happened. That's what you, that's what you, it's praise. You're, you're, you're giving adoration to somebody's talent. When I even spoke one name, gators, this place erupted. I was feeling lonely up here as like the only a couple Buckeyes in here, right? But, but when, when I said it and you begin to magnify, Joy came up inside of you. So the same thing happens when you begin to magnify and give adoration to God for what he's brought you through and what he's bringing you out of even now. Joy will hit your life. So there is a connection between praise and worship and joy. Number two, everybody worships. Everybody everywhere worships something. Two legs, four legs. All of it. Everybody worships something. Listen, as human beings, we can't help but express adoration. Y'all remember when we were dating? Y'all remember dating? You remember when we were dating? We still dating. 
Y'all remember when she walked by, gentlemen? I mean, you didn't do this in the natural, but you, you, was, you was doing it when you was reaching for the wallet. You was doing it. Huh? Adoration. Why? Because you're worshiping her. You're worshiping him. Now, don't misunderstand. I'm, I'm not, I know that sounds, mm, that's, that's not scriptural. That's biblical. But that's what you're doing. Because, and, and it created joy and excitement with inside of us. Huh? No matter where you go, whenever someone experiences something amazing, what happens? They tell you about it. So when something amazing happens in here and your life has been transformed and changed, you have the responsibility to go out and share it with other people. God has changed my life. Do you know it's not going to be what Pastor B says, what Pastor B does that changes the people? I don't get to rub shoulders with everybody that you get to talk to. I'm animated and I'm because and I'm hoping that what I'm carrying is contagious. I know it's contagious. It's a matter. Do you want it or not? And if you want it, let me tell you something. If you grab a hold of it, other people are going to be are, are going to want it. You can't find it in a monster. You can't find it in a Red Bull. It can only be found in the red blood stained cross of Jesus Christ. That's what's going to change people's lives. God. I'll give you an example. People, people like to talk about, bro, did you see that game last night? Did you see that game? Man, that, that brother just dunked that thing. That's, that's, that's excitement and joy. Man, did you see that buck, bro? Did you see that buck? Come check it out on my camera. Let me, let me show you that buck. What am I talking about, Gary? Let me show you that buck that was on my camera. What, what, what is that? That's excitement. And it's okay because God put that inside of you. But what you're doing is you're, you're expressing huh? what God put inside of you. How about you ladies? Girl, did you, did you see season two on Netflix? Y'all know season three drops this week. Someone said, preacher, you, you went from preaching to meddling. And it's okay. It's an expression or an adoration. And what God is saying throughout scripture is this. Listen, church. That same excitement that you're expressing for those things, those passions that I put inside of you, I want some of that too. That's all he's saying. That's all he's saying. He's not saying give all that up. He's saying, I want that same excitement. Okay? Let me keep moving. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 in the NIV says this. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Now, let's do a little theological history. In the Old Testament, people would bring sacrifices of animals and produce, but then Jesus came and he, was the, and he declared that I am the sacrificial lamb and I, was, I will be slain before the foundation of the world. I'm afraid, is it lightning outside? B don't need to get struck. I'll go to a cord mic in a minute. <laughs> he said, I'm the sacrifice to end all sacrifices. I heard it this way earlier this week. I don't remember what podcast or who I was listening to. But God had a set of rules in the Old Testament. And he knew it would be literally impossible for us to meet them. That's why he sent his son. So let me just take, let me just take, the, let me just take some of that, 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 theolo- that, 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 that doctrine, that, that, that stuff that we've been just pushed on us. Let me, just, let me help lift some of that off of you today. God knew that we could not be perfect and so he sent his son so we wouldn't have to have any more animal sacrifices. I don't have to bring any more produce. He sacrificed his son so that I can have eternal life. 
and in him, man, I can have joy. I can have peace. Even though there's, there's just stuff going on all around me, I can walk in peace because I have Jesus living on the inside of me. So let me, let me read it again. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Sac- Everybody say sacrifice. Sacrifice, sacrifice is when you don't want to. <laughs> sacrifice of praise. The fruit of lips that openly profess the name. What the writer is saying is, is openly profess with your mouth. What is that? That's singing and testifying. That's why I have you guys talk back to me or, or repeat something I'm saying. Because I'm, I'm, I'm wanting word, word, word to hit your lips and come out of your mouth. Now, I do understand that there are many in this room, like myself, that have come from a denominational background. What is that? Denominations are man-made. This is not knocking any, so hear me, because I've been to all of them. My, 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 my grandfather was Christian Missionary Alliance. Uh, Dad was brought up in that, and then he stepped into Assembly of God. Then it was Word of Faith. I, I, I've seen all of it. So this, listen, listen. But all a denomination is, it's man-made preferences. We like this. Let's talk about that. We don't like this. It's there, but we're just going to. That's, that's, what, that's, what that's what it is. Okay? So, uh, let me, I, I'm, I'm not trying to step, but I'm, listen. But just about every church on the planet has their own definition of what they believe worship should look like. It's true. It's true. I am in no way, no way, no way saying that how we do it is the way that it, it's, it's, it's the only way. I'm not saying the way we do it is the only way. Did you hear me? Because God didn't make us robots. He didn't make your flavor the same as my flavor. I like something that you, I like bubble gum. You like cornbread. I don't know. We're different. We're diverse. That's what makes us, that's what makes us family. Because we accept each other. Except, I love that word. You are accepted. When you walked in here today in this abandoned room, abandoned Walmart, you were accepted and you were loved. In spite of anything you've ever done. And in spite of what you may do when you leave out of here, you are still loved. Because that's what the word says. Let's discover what the biblical definition of worship. The message This message is meant to educate you and to encourage you. Everybody say worship is a big deal. So there was a study that was done not long ago, and they they asked people, they did a survey, um, why don't people worship expressively the way the Bible commands us to at church? Like, why why don't people do that? There there were several responses. This was the top two, and maybe you fall under this category. Number one, nobody ever taught me before. Number two... I came from a church background or denomination where we just didn't do that. And if you did do that, you were labeled as weird. Now, as you study scripture, there are several different Hebrew words that, uh, 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 for the word praise. Everybody say praise. And I'm just going to give you two of them today. The first one is called tehillah. So let me give you an example. So wherever, wherever you see the word praise in the Bible, the Hebrew, there's a couple, but the, I'm going to give you two. They, in the Hebrew, it would actually be tehillah. And so I'm going to read Psalms 34.1 in the Christian Standard uh, Bible. And this is what it says. I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise. But instead, I'm going to put his tequila. <laughs> Everybody say tequila. Not tequila. His praise, his tequila will always be on my lips. Now, some of y'all were just like, wait a minute, tequila on my lips. I like this church. I like that worship. And now we're going to open up the altars. No, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
There's another one. It's called halal. I love this one. The Bible, the Bible dictionary or Bible definition of the word halal, it's H-A-L-L-E-L, is to shine, hence to make a show, to boast. That's what y'all did when I said gators. Some of y'all, some of y'all ain't puffed that chest in years, but y'all, you said, oh, that's my team. And then, and then, when, then when I said Seminoles and somebody booed, I saw a lady in the back. She was like, wait a minute. You're talking about my Indians. I saw you. I saw you. I saw you. Listen, it says, so halal means to boast and thus to be clamorously foolish, to rave or to celebrate. So when, it, when, when it's time to give God praise, man, it's time to celebrate. Well, I don't feel like celebrating. That's why it's called a sacrifice of praise. Sacrifice. I could just jump all in these notes and I'm trying to stay so I don't lose anybody because sometimes I'll just be blazing a trail talking about, I hope y'all can keep up. <laughs> can I just be honest? The Bible, thanks. No, no pastor, lie to us. The Bible, the, the Bible description of worship sounds more like the noises that come out of a college football stadium than the sounds that come out of most churches. Did you hear me? The way the Bible describes what praise and worship should be sounds more like what happens over in Jacksonville when the Gators meet the, the Bulldogs. Place is crazy, but we come into church and we're so reserved. And there's a time for that. There's a time for reverence. But I'm just, what am I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to give you some tools. I'm trying to help you this week. So let me give you the next point. Number three. Worship is expressing love to God. That's what it is. Worship is expressing love to God. Worship is not a lyric on a screen. It's not a song service. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is when you're serving someone in the community. When you see that lady uh, at the Publix or Winn-Dixie parking lot and, and she's a little older and you're, and you're finishing up with your family loading your groceries and you see her over there in the, in the, um, in the handicap area and she's got her little scooter and, and you know, I mean, sure, she, could, she knows you, she could pick it up, but are you willing to go, ma'am, can I help you? Worship is in not just, Lord, I give you my heart. It's when I say, God, I give you my hands and my feet today. Show me how I can serve somebody. That's worship. Worship is, worship is when you're giving. That's worship. It's not just a 20-minute song selection on a Sunday morning. I've always said this. It's, it's probably one of the best um, definitions that I know to give. And I've always said this. you probably heard me say it before. Worship is the outward expression of what's at the center of your life. If it's college football, if I say your team, you will light up. That's what's at the center of your life. All Jesus is saying, make me the center. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And then all these things, all these things, all these things, all these things, all these things. I like baseball. I like football. I like soccer. I like racing cars. I like hunting. I like playing with model cars. I don't know what, I don't know what it is for you. But make Jesus the center you may be here today and you're saying, well, I, I, I'm, I'm more of a reserved person. I'm more, I, I'm more reserved and, and I just prefer to worship God in my heart. Everybody say in my heart. Okay. First of all, let me honor that person who said I'm more reverent because I believe there is a time for us to be in reverential fear of God 
and, and, and God, I, I, just, I just want to stand in your presence. Because there's a time, the Bible says, to be still. Just be still. Shut the sound off. Turn the lights off. Be still. And know he's God. And he's got you. But there are other times, and we'll get into it next week. There are other times that my worship and my praise is a weapon. Man, when I'm up here, dude, I'm, I'm fighting. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting stuff that I know. I don't know what, you're, what you've got going on, but he, it's almost like he gives me that, that third eye where I can see. They've had a rough week. I don't know what it is. So sometimes this, what you, what's going on is actually more of, of a battleground than a worship service. There, there are moments that we should express with our bodies how we feel in our hearts. For some reason, some people in their relationship with God, it's, it's the only relationship in their entire life where they try to separate affection and expression. Did you hear me? Out of all of our relationships, out of all the things we enjoy doing, when we come to church, church, it's the one place we try to separate any form of affection or expression. Why is that? Why is that? Because you can, you can watch people at the Daytona 500, probably some good church people. I'm not talking about all of them with the, the suds in their hand. I'm talking about there's probably some church people out there that like to watch them cars go round and round. I mean, I like, I like on Sunday afternoons, it makes great white noise for a Sunday afternoon nap. And when you wake up in the middle of it two hours late, you didn't miss nothing. They're still doing the same thing. But, but my thing is, you can, there, there could actually be a, a white-haired gentleman at, at, the, at the Daytona 500. Woo! Go! Go, boy! Go, boy! Go, boy! Come on, go, go, go! But then they show up at the church the next, in the next two days, and they're quiet. That same guy, that same gentleman, will be at church the next day. Dude! If God just did us a favor, that's one thing. God didn't just do us a favor. God sent his son to this earth. Y'all know what we live in every day. Y'all know the environment that we're in every day. God sent his son so that we could be victorious. Christian, Christians are the only group that I know of who are, who are vic, victor, victorious. They're victors. But they walk around defeated. Why? Man, God wants to set us free. I am free. Notify your face. If you're free, express it. I ain't never done no time in prison. But I'm telling you what. I've had some experiences in my life. and, and uh, For a short time, I've, I've, I've been some places, okay? I've been some places. And when I was free... Baby, I felt a release in me. And their prison bars are nothing compared to the prison walls that the enemy tries to put us behind to keep us from experiencing the life that God has for us. So when I get set free, baby, I'm going to let it go. Now, I'm not going to be like David. He danced out of his clothes. I, I, I know how to control that. But what I'm saying is, man, get expressive. Let me, let me, let me do it this way. Husbands, where you at? What if your wife came to you after service? Mm -hmm, I'm going there. And said to you, I'll, I'll filter this. 
and said to you, we are no longer going to be physical in our relationship, but that's okay because I love you in my heart. I'll tell you what would happen. There would be a line from here all the way down to Winn-Dixie of church men saying, Pastor, can I have a little bit of your time? Me and my wife, we need to talk about what she's supposed to be doing, what the Bible says. Right? So what's the difference? I'll tell you, if she said it to me, I'm going to need you to express with your body how you feel in your heart. It's true. That's what God is saying. You may love me in your heart, but it show me in your expression. I've always said this. Football, racing, hunting, it don't matter. Cruising, whatever you like to do. Don't be more expressive over that than you are God. Because if that's what's happening, then he is not centered. Oh, but I love Jesus. You may love him. You may love him. I'm just trying. I'm not trying to take away hunting. I'm not trying to take away racing. I'm not trying to take away none of that stuff. All I'm saying is God will give you more joy in that when he is first. Luke chapter 10 verse 27 says this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and, and then love your neighbor as yourself. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's the emotional side of you. With all your soul, that's the spiritual part of you. And with all your strength, that's the physical part of you. In essence, what he's saying is, show me how much, show me, show me how much you love me. Show me how much you love me. Psalms 147.1 says, praise the Lord, for it is good. Everybody say good. It is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and a song of praise is fitting. A song of praise is fitting. A song of praise is fitting for what he's done for us. How do we express? How do we, let, me, let me give you this, and I'll, I'll wind down. How do we express our love for God? So glad you asked. Number one, the Bible commands us to sing. How do we express? It commands us to sing. Psalms 95 says this. Oh, come let us sing to the Lord. Let us make joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise. Everybody say joyful. Joy. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Some people are like, Pastor B, I couldn't carry a tune in a bucket if you recorded it and put it in there for me. I can't sing a lick. Anybody? Anybody? That's okay. That's why we turn the music up. We got you. But the Bible doesn't say sing on key, sing on note. It says make a joyful noise. I remember when, when um, uh, um, that group used to come on Wednesday nights. The group that came on Wednesday nights, they were in the wheelchairs. And, and I don't remember what, what organization they were with. They can't, some, many of them couldn't talk, but they were making noises. Noises. Oh, I know, Pastor B. You just want us to get, get loud. Everybody get loud. Everybody get loud. Be like you. Talk like you. No, I'm not trying to say that. I'm trying to get you to a place where you understand you have been set free. Act like it. Yeah, but I don't feel freedom right now. But you can get there with the weapon of worship. And I got, I got one time a week, once a week, for 25 or 30 minutes to stand up here and try to lead you, persuade you that Jesus is the only way. 
Why, why do I get so crunk? Because for the next six days, we won't be together. But I want to leave, leave it all on the platform so that you can walk by and you, you can pick this up in the middle of the service. You can pick this up. You can check it, recheck it out on podcast. You can check out that video clip or whatever so that you can make it through your week because you are not defeated. You're victorious. Start living like it. Everybody say make a joyful noise. There are, there's some weird worshipers. Let me give you an example. You turn grave into gardens. You turn mourning into dancing. In the middle of worship. That's weird. Listen. When, the, when, we, when, when God throughout the Bible says make a joyful noise, what he's saying is express joy that I've put in your heart. I understand this is, this is pressing on men today. I know because ladies are more quick to be obedient. I'm, I'm, not, I'm talking to myself. I'm not talking to me. Women are more um, apt to be obedient to, to what God commands. That's why you see more ladies in church than you do men. That's why you see more ladies responsive in worship than you do men. Because we're supposed to put on that facade. Dennis Weber was my father. He is still my dad. That man, he loved to worship, but he shut down. So it's in my DNA. So what you see here is what God has grafted in me through my surrender and my obedience. Pastor B ain't got it always going on on top, hitting on all four cylinders all the time. There's some times I'll be on the side of the road broke down. Not figuratively, well, yeah, figuratively, yes, literally yes and figuratively. But it's these things that have helped me get out of the ditch. When you weren't around, I had to call on somebody, and I called on Jesus, and he came at my time of need. Listen, church should be the most happening place in town. Matter of fact, I think that Release City Church should be, should be the church that rebrands RBF to resting blessed face. That's what we should have. That my, my, my resting face, my resting face is my blessed face. Even when, I, even when this world is throwing all it can at me, my resting face is I am blessed. Oh, I'm talking to me. Because when things don't go my way, she can tell you. It's all over my face. I do not hide it. But my resting face should now become, I am blessed in spite of this. I'm still blessed. I'm blessed because he's going to get me out of it. And if he doesn't take me out, he's going to walk me through. Somebody say, wind down, Pastor B. I'm trying. I'm trying. Number two, the Bible commands us to cheer. What you just heard. Is what the Bible commands us to do. Cheer. It's cheer. Psalms 47.1 says, Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Shout to God with loud. Everybody say loud. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. Somebody say, why is the music got to be so loud? Because the, the Bible says, do it with a loud song. Not, we understand where the volume is. And it changes based on the number of people in this room. So it is not that we just want to bleed your ears out. But we're trying to drown out the noise of the enemy that you have let intimidate you and torment you for way too long. We want nothing else for you to hear but Jesus Christ loves you and he wants you to worship him from the inside out with everything you got. 
Bible commands us to cheer. I'm telling you, this is our year. We've been preparing for what is about to happen. Bible commands us to cheer. Tell him what you want. They ain't ready. <laughs> I'm trying to get them there. I'm trying to get them there. Okay, here we go. There's a song we sing called Resurrecting by Elevation, Elevation Worship. And, and there, there's a line that says, um, in your name I come alive. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. Those lines are there for a reason. In your name I come alive. But some Sundays I see, in your name I come alive to declare your victory. No, not just his victory, but your victory. And there's a part of that song, I'll never forget it. When we first start doing that song, and we'll bring it back. There's the third verse says, um, uh, it says, The tomb where soldiers watched in vain was borrowed for three days. His body there would not remain. Our God has robbed the grave. And when we said that part right there, this whole place would just erupt. The first time it happened, I was like, wait, what just happened? Because I wasn't expecting it. But what happened was somebody got a hold of the fact that he is not in that grave anymore. And the power that resurrected him now lives in me. So I'm going to shout. That's what it's all about. So it's okay. Some of y'all remember Shelby Stalvey. There was a song. I don't remember what the song was. And she'd be sitting right over there. And the first time we did that song, she let out a wail. And I don't mean, I'm talking about, yeah, just a, just a cry. What was that? I don't know what she had going on, but she felt released in the moment. And what God is saying, when you feel it, baby, let it go. Now, now, let me preference. I'm not trying to get us to hang from the chandeliers and do loops or loop-de-loo around the room. What I'm saying is God is a perfect gentleman. He will not do anything. And I won't allow anything that is not, <laughs> that is not of him. You're not going to see me do it. I just, I, I want his presence, church. And I want you to desire his presence. I'm coming, I'm coming down. Coming down. I hope, I hope nobody is walking away offended because that's why I preference this. This message was not to, 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 to discredit anyone or another church because we, you know why this church will never be perfect? Because it's full of imperfect people. That's why Release City Church will never be perfect. So people go, well, I found out this and I found out. That's fine. That's because we're human. But we're trying to be better and we're trying to study God's word to show ourselves approved so that we can do more work of the ministry. Cheering is the natural response to victory. That's why, we, that's why some of y'all start coming alive. Because cheering is what comes natural. Whether you come in here and clap or not, you're going to sit on a football field, and when they start bouncing that little rubber uh, uh, leather ball down the field, you come alive because you're passionate about it. The Bible commands us to sing. The Bible commands us to cheer. Number three, the Bible commands us to lift our hands. Psalm 63, 4 says, I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift my hands. Now, let me say this. Lifting our hands is not just something that happens in worship. Julie Gearhart sent me a verse this morning. She sends me verses every day, Amy and I. And the verse said, lift my hands in prayer. Let me, let me, let me explain this to you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift my hands. Hear me. 
Raised hands is not weird. We lift our hands to celebrate. This is another point right here. We lift our hands to celebrate. I'm not a golfer. No good at it. But you can watch. Anybody watch golf? You watch golf? You like to golf? When Tiger Wood hits the... And you know, you're supposed to be... That little golf clap is supposed to be real quiet. But you, if you scan the cameras, you'll see all the guys in the gallery. It's a natural response. It's our natural response. It's not weird. It's not weird. Listen, if you're a Christian, you're a winner. Tiger Woods. I don't know if you like him. I don't, I don't, all I know is he was, he's a winner. He's been a winner. He's a winner. So my question is, why is church the only place in the world where victorious people, I've already said this, they act defeated? Why? I'm not trying to make you do something that feels uncomfortable. I'm trying to tell you that not doing it should make you feel uncomfortable. There's so much I want to share today. Number two, we lift our hands to testify. Testify. There, there's times, I've seen Sabrina do it, where in the middle of the message, something that's being said, that, you know what that says? I concur. I agree. What you're saying is the truth. When you go into a court, what's the judge say? Before you testify, what's he say? Place your hand on the Bible and what? Raise your right hand. And what's that a sig signal of? That's saying everything that I'm about to say is true. So when in the middle of worship, if, if, even if I have said, hey, let's lift our hands, church, or not, if there is something in the song, the resurrected king is resurrecting me. Man, I got my hands up. When I'm up here, I'm not even looking at y'all. I'm saying, God, it's me. It's me. It's me. You know what a lifted hand also is? It's, a, it's the international sign of surrender. You can go anywhere in the world, and if somebody points a gun at you, what's that say? I surrender. I, I surrender, and I yield to your will. What it, it does not matter how I feel. Whatever you, I'm not, I'm not, I'm in complete agreement. That's what that stands for in worship. And number three, lastly, in closing, we lift our hands as a sign of surrender that we're ready to receive. In closing, my question to each one of you today is this, as the worship team comes up. Does your worship testify, does your worship, your personal worship, does your worship testify that you are victorious or that you're defeated. This is what God gave me yesterday as I was finishing my notes. The level and intensity of our worship testifies to the power of God that we've allowed ourselves to experience. Let me read it again. Because I don't want to mess it up. The level and intensity of our worship testifies. It testifies to the power of God that I've allowed myself to experience. If I don't have anything to cheer about. Chances are pretty good. I've not experienced him. You cannot argue with. I'm just, I'm reserved. Then you need to be reserved in every area of your life. Let me pastor you. Let me love you as I'm saying, okay? Because truth without love is like surgery without anesthesia. And I'm giving you truth today. Did you hear what I just said? I'm giving you truth, but it's in love. 
and and truth given without love is like anesthesia I mean, it's like get, having surgery without anesthesia there is nobody else before I'm before she met me I, I started developing and getting you know I, I, but but the church and stuff that I was raised I was quiet And I'll never forget the first time at a youth camp. Dad brought somebody in. And the speaker, first thing he says when he hits the platform right after worship was, everybody lift your hands. And I'm thinking, how about if I feel like it, lift my hands, is what I was thinking in my mind. Because you know what just happened? I'm the youth pastor's son. They looking to see if I'm lifting my hands. I was so uncomfortable. But something happened. When I said, God, it doesn't matter how I feel. I don't care what my friends think about me. But can I tell you what happens? That when you worship, it actually helps build the faith of other people. We get first-timers that come in, and they'll sit on the back row. And you know what? Like Jack, right now, has his hand up. You know what that signifies? That this place is real. Not weird. This place is real. They believe that God really does exist. And that God really can, he can, he really can deliver me from this. He can do it. It builds the faith. So whether you feel like it or not, you don't know what, you, you, you don't know what Jonathan's got going on in his life. But when he sees you come down to the front and just stand here. And, and, and the worship leader hadn't even said the altars are open. Just, just come down and stand and worship. It could lift his faith because you don't know what he's got going on. But because of your obedience. And because now you're, experience, because you're experiencing deliverance or whatever it is. Now somebody, it's contagious. It's contagious. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Next week, we're going to talk about the weapon that, 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 that we carry. But the first we got to understand what it does for us. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So this is how we're going to end. Can I have five minutes? Great. Oh, 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 oh. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Psalms 119. This is not going to be on the screen. 119.34. This is how we're ending today's message. Right here. Psalms 119.34 says this. Give me an understanding heart. This is, my pr- this is what I want all of you. Those of you that said, this is, this is out of character for me. It's still kind of weird. This is what I want you to walk out of here saying. Give me an understanding heart so that I can passionately know and obey your truth. Give me an understanding. Don't shut out anything I said. God gave me this through social media right before I got here today. And he said, that's, how, that's what you end it with. Because I, I, I didn't know how to end it. And he said, that's, that's, that's what you say. Father, give me an understanding. Help me to understand why that's important. Father, give me an understanding to understand why I should clap. Give me an understanding. Give me an understanding heart so that I can passionately know and obey your truth. A.K.A. put God's word into practice. That's all I said. Just put it into practice. Just put it into practice. So, so Pastor B is going to invite you to stand, and we're going to, we're going to close out with a worship song together. Well, thanks again for tuning in. 
To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.